Soccer FM is written and produced by Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw and is an association with pieandbovro.com. And welcome to Soccer FM, Scotland's funniest football podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and this week's guest host, Kieran McInnesby. Coming up on this week's show, a full roundup of the SPFL. The SFA is in crisis, winning big against the big boys and looking ahead to the weekend and everything that's during the week in Scottish football as well. Thank you to everyone who commented and shared last week's episode. We do really appreciate it. Uh, we'll get to some of those comments a wee bit later on with Ray as well. It is 7.30, Monday the 5th of February. We're live on Facebook. Thank you to everyone who got involved over the last week or so remember you can follow us at Scott Soccer FM on Twitter you can also follow us on Facebook just search for Soccer FM in the search bar give the page a like as well and you'll get a notification every time we go live every single Monday night you can subscribe on iTunes make sure you rate us as well otherwise Ray does give me a dig in the ribs or you can follow us on SoundCloud as well so that's all the boring stuff done Kieran McInnesby how you doing mate you alright? I'm very well thank you yourself I'm very well yeah thank you for coming back on again it's about a year since you were back on wasn't it? I think it's Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's the same week that Ray went back, yeah. back to Australia, yeah. So there we go. Uh, yeah, so lots to talk about with you. You have, uh, you're still the man to climb by, <laughs> unbelievably. Uh, so that's happened. So that's, uh, yeah, that's been a year. We'll have a wee chat about that later on. And uh, yeah, as we say, keep your comments coming in on Facebook. We'll read out the best and the worst of them as well. If you're listening on Facebook right now, uh, share it to your page so your mates can get involved. And uh, if you do like what you hear, then give us a retweet as well if you're listening back on SoundCloud or on iTunes. So yes, uh, there we go. We're going to run through the SPFL results uh, in just a wee second, um, but I think we should start by speaking to this guy. So joining us on the line now, we have Ray Bradshaw, and uh, give me your current status, where are you Ray? In my bed, in Perth, Western Australia. There we go, right, okay, so how are you getting on, things going well since you're in your bed at, what is it, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, not out partying? No, no, sadly not, I have uh, contractual obligations to talk to you pair of dicks so <laughs> I've come home to go do that yeah that's true so uh, uh, how, how things been have you bumped into any former Scottish football players uh, yes I went out last night with my uh, best friend Stephen McGarry mm-hmm. uh, which was nice as usual he uh, told me to ask after you Stephen he did not say anything about Kieran mm, don't believe you <laughs> he genuinely didn't uh, I was like, he, was like, he was like who's on the show tomorrow and I said, some guy called Kier McInnesby. And then he just uh, spat on the ground. Uh, so that's pretty much him. Big time now. Uh, so uh, you spoke <laughs> up with your best friend, Steve McGarry. Has he managed to set you up with any football players, any other football players, or is he keeping you for, him, for himself? I'm not, I'm not dating. <laughs> you make it sound so sleazy. Yeah. I'm not fucking escorting myself out here. <laughs> Um, I mean, you say it's stand-up, but... It probably would make me more money than comedy. Yeah, that that is true. So, anyone lined up over the next week or so? Uh, Not yet, but I'm playing beach football with him on Thursday, (laughs) and I'm sure after this he'll take me for dinner, Yeah, and then we can chat. This is actually really creepy, because I know he listens to the show, so I'm sorry to think he's going to put me up for this. Uh, Have you seen the forum? Uh, I bought the Pine Borough forum, yeah. Yeah, I got my first bit of hate mail. You usually get it all. Yeah, it's usually Falkirk fans who just hate me, but this week was was a great week because... uh, Well, Ray, I'll let you tell the story since you've obviously read it. Literally because I've got nothing to do out here. So I do like three gigs a day. By the way, my show got nominated for the Perth Fringe. Well done. uh, Comedy Awards, if you know anyone, (laughs) tell them to come and see my show because... Uh, I need to pay money because I owe Steve McGarry 12 grand. Um, so <laughs> I'm doing it that way. Um, so I, like, because I've got fuck all to do during the day, I'm spending more time on the internet, uh, the kind of sites that uh, Kieran used to work for. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I looked at our forum 
and some guy said he hope tag. What was it? He hope tag it ran over or hit by a bus or something. Like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the direct quote. Now I'm I'm not entirely sure. I might have it up here just now. Um, is I hope that Ray looks the wrong way whilst crossing the road, and we never have to hear his voice again. <laughs> Which I thought was oh. absolutely glorious, which is, is so good. So when he means the wrong way, bear in mind the Australia on the other side of the road. Yeah. Well, so he looks the right way, is he going yeah. the wrong way? Well, that is true. This is a, this is a question that we... It's I, a riddle. I think, yeah. I, I mean, the Riddler's sitting here with me this week, unfortunately. So. Does it say what team the guy supports? Uh, I think he's an Inverness fan. Hmm. Well, how the fuck am I pissing off Inverness? Oh, because you always slate the Highlands. I mean that you do slag off the Highlands quite a lot as well. Yeah, I, th- I think you do. I mean, not as much as Angus. Not as much as Angus, obviously. Angus, no. who? Yeah, I know. Well, I, maybe it's because I just Angus. can't pronounce four Martini. Well, yeah, that is true. That's that is, my wife. That's true. As don't well. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, I don't know if you're picking up on this. Just the, the constant puns that are happening here after every sentence <laughs> from Kieran. First thing I said to uh, Kieran when he answered the phone today was, "I forgot I need to put up your shit puns." Yeah, and he's firing them out left, right, and center like a young Chandler Benong. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so I've got this. I've got this for another hour, Ray. So I mean, if, if I make it through the end of the show, even though it's Chanan Labong, I got all wrong. Yeah, don't worry about it. So uh, I'm looking to look at the wrong way of traffic and get run over because that will help me. Anyway, uh, Partick at the weekend. Uh, let's have a wee chat about that since you're uh, obviously a Partick Thistle fan. Uh, happy with that result? You'd have taken a draw before the game. Um, kind of. Yeah, we've not won at Motherwell since like 1994 five or something like that which is a weird statistic but uh, I thought we could have done it it was nice to be doing back in the squad scoring as I've hit seven uh, league goals for the season we seem to be rotating the squad a bit because a few pundits were slagging us off because we didn't make any deadline day signings saying we're going to struggle and all that kind of stuff but it really is we had so many players out injured that they are kind of like that cliche of new signings but it's more just kind of fresh blood back into the team and we can kind of go on with it but it was alright how did them Dunfermline go on at the weekend? Uh, I think you know how they got on uh, again at the weekend. That's the third time this season we've lost a last minute uh, goal to Morton. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's, it's it's not been ideal playing Morton this season. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but yeah, so listen, uh, part of getting the draw, Ross County winning though, which was uh, not ideal for you guys. And the big news, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Ray, obviously you have because you've spent a lot of time on the internet. Um, Walter Smith, apparently the front runner for the Scotland job. What's your thoughts? It's not that exciting, is it? (laughs) I think that's the noise that the entirety of Scotland made when they read the front page this morning. Uh, (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's kind of like, great, we're going to have a manager that will probably die when he's in the post. (laughs) It's not not the most inspiring appointment it would be. But then if he gets like a younger assistant, like a kind of Paul Daniel, Debbie McGee type role, Mm -hmm. Mm then maybe that could work for us. What do you guys think about it? Well, Debbie McGee is free now, obviously, because yeah. Paul Daniels is dead. So um, she's probably going to be up for that. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I think he'd be a better appointment than Alex McLeish. I, I just really don't want it to be Alex McLeish for some reason. Um, I, I just I don't fancy him as a manager at all. What do you reckon? What do you think? I, I think everyone answers a question that, um, oh, don't be Walter Smith, don't be Alex McLeish, but then they don't come up with an answer. Don't, they don't say, well, we don't know. There's no real... There's no real kind of first choice, I think, for anybody 
You say that, Kieran. You say that, but I know there's a young up-and-coming manager. He's making his way through the junior <laughs> ranks. He's played one... He's been involved in one match in the past month due to waterlogged pitching. And that man... Takes a cue. It's, 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 it's Kieran McInnesby. Uh, no, listen, I, you're right. I don't think there is a, a wealthy candidate out there, but I guess we'll just need to see. It looks like there's going to be a decision is, fairly soon. Is Steve Clark, considering his kind of reputations on the up and the up and the up, is it going to be potentially he's going to be getting tipped for it more and more? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's uh, definitely on the on the short list. Um, Lennon, <coughs> excuse me, I've heard as well. So uh, I, I, I would take Steve Clark. I would take Neil Lennon. Mm-hmm. I would definitely take, um, you know, someone a wee bit outside the box that we don't know. Um, somebody who's foreign, I don't think we should uh, limit ourselves to a Scottish guy. But um, we'll just need to wait and see. So uh, what do you think? Is it going to be Smith or not, Ray? Uh, I probably see because also can we talk about how happy we are that Reagan's gone? Oh yeah, yeah, we should talk about that actually. Um, yeah, but I mean, presided over a shambles. Basically, Michael O'Neill has totally screwed Stuart Reagan. Like, <laughs> if, if if Michael O'Neill had just said yes, Stuart Reagan would be in a job and we would have a national manager. But maybe that's a, that's the issue. Yeah, well, Reagan's out of job. <laughs> yeah, Which is, I think I think more more Scotland happier than that than actually getting Michael O'Neill. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. uh, uh, you're totally right. Um, I, I, Stuart Reagan's just presided over an absolute mm-hmm. like clusterfuck over the last seven or eight years. I think it's just the way that they go about their business. Yeah, I think they just need a major overhaul in the SFA completely. Yeah, um, because there's always going to be that underlying issue of what they used to do, what they've done in the past, and because there's nobody going to go forward. And I think I heard Leanne Dempsey's name been mentioned mm-hmm. tonight. Again, somebody who's you know taking her been in, in a different direction, a new direction, and, and fresh approach to things. But if she was to take the, that CEO job, mm-hmm. they're still going to have the old people still there. That yeah. this is how we did it. This is how we do it. Do they change? Yeah. Do, yeah. do, do they change to her style? Yeah. I mean, I think Rod Petrie um, being involved uh, with SFA fairly heavily. I don't know if he'll want to take Leanne Dempster away from him. So, do you know what I mean? So, there's, there's personal interest <clears throat> in as well, yeah. definitely. So, but the thing is that you're right, the CEO job is up for grabs as well. If only there was a man that I knew that was involved to the day-to-day running of a junior football club and he's making his way up as a, <laughs> <laughs> he's involved in business <laughs> and that man is Kieran McInnesby. So would you take the job, yes or no? No. No, you wouldn't take yeah. the job. Right, okay, well that's that's my candidate out. So, uh, Ray, what's the plans uh, for the rest of the week? Anything exciting on? Uh, no, just doing Perth Fringe for the rest of the week. Um, playing beach football Thursday, so, oh God, last year I got so sunburned when I did it, so that, <laughs> and then off to Adelaide next week, and then New Zealand in a couple of weeks, and then back, barring, but also, you got to remember, the next five days, I'm literally going to be shitting myself every time I cross a road over here. Yeah, I think somebody else suggested that you might get eaten by crocodiles as well. I did see that as well, yeah. I think that it's, was probably... It was anti-me this week. Yeah, it was, that was a very tongue-in-cheek comment, whereas opposed to the running over one, I think that was serious. He might drive to Australia yeah, and then just mow you down. Find you. Before I go away, we need to talk about um, your uh, Borat Mankini. Why? 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 We, did we not speak about this last week? I think we spoke about this last week. I think it's still bothering though. Yeah, I think. It's, was... it's, no, you posted it up and it creeped me the fuck out because it looks like you've got hickeys on your chest. I, I've not actually got hickeys on my chest. That is just my lack of 
Like now I, show I, me his I'm chest. showing Kieran just now. I just yeah. have a real lack of chest here. It's like somebody throwing darts at him. Yeah, it's it's just that's it. That is it. <laughs> there's just there's just nothing there. So uh, so yeah, I know that's up on your wall. Pass on to Stephen McGarry. See what he says, and uh, maybe it's I can become friends with him. It's the last thing I see every night. Yeah. Well, there you go. No change there. Sick, no no change there. Feels sick in one mouth. Yeah. So it <laughs> 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 uh, 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 garnered a great reaction, and uh, my career is now over. So at least you've not attached yourself to me. Right? <laughs> is it two months left in his contract? He's saying he's going to. Holiday next week. I don't think he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. An <laughs> extended holiday for yeah. about three years. Uh, right, right. Listen, we'll let you go. Get to your bed, and uh, we'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks. Okay. See you later on, guys. Take Bye. Care, there he goes, uh, Ray Bradshaw, live from uh, Australia. He says Australia. It's probably Stranraer or something. Uh, that's uh, Blake asking how Stranraer this week because uh, the signal obviously isn't great down there uh, or in Australia. So uh, yeah, that was Ray. Uh, he's going to be back over the next uh, what two months or something. He's away for ages. Uh, but the podcast will continue in various forms. Uh, just look out for our social media for everything that's happening there. Uh, Kieran, have you ever had a chance to go and play abroad, Australia, anywhere like that? Never Australia. I had an opportunity when I left Fulham to go and play in Norway. Okay, before um, uh, Lillestrøm. All right, aye, yeah, um, heard of them. They offered me a, a deal to go out there, but their season was it was running from you know, kind of March to to November. Mm-hmm. And I went over my trial three days after, two weeks in Iron Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go for a trial and then totally balls it? No, they offered me the contract ten of the season. Aye. Uh, but at that point, it was only like a four-month contract because yeah. of how the season ran. Uh, we have you to a, a longer-term deal. Yeah, obviously, they've seen something technically, <laughs> <laughs> um, but decided that maybe I need a little bit extra, extra running. But, know, um, as soon as you said that, and you said the season runs from March to November, I was thinking, but peak Magaluf season's uh, June, uh, July, uh, so that, that, that wouldn't it. work with you. Uh, I think the fact I turned up my flip-flops on yeah. um, didn't go down too well. Yeah, I know. Uh, typical Norwegian weather, though. Yeah, exactly. for flip-flops. <laughs> uh, so, right, let's uh, crack on with a uh, look back over the SPFL of the weekend and the Premiership. Uh, result of the weekend. In fact, there's, there's two results of the weekend, but we start with the obvious one, which is Kilmarnock 1, Celtic now. Uh, Maloon getting that goal and uh, what a run Kilmarnock are on what a job Steve Clark's done yeah, unbelievable um, I think the biggest thing that he's done is, is made uh, Rugby Park a fortress mm-hmm. I think that's after the battle you build a foundation that's what he's done um, they've been very tough to beat at, uh, at Rugby Park and, and Ben Rogers said that before the game on Saturday as well that he's, he's they're well organised and they, they play a way that um, they're very tough to break down, and even you know the fact that Celtic went down there and, and didn't manage to do that either. Yeah, so it's it's going well for Kilmarnock. Celtic. Whenever I've seen them lately, particularly over the last I'd say month or two, I think they look really lethargic mm-hmm. and a bit tired. And I know I know they've played a lot of games, but Celtic have a massive squad as well compared to everyone else. I think that they've almost become a victim of their own success. I think that the cha- there was something to chase last year mm-hmm. um, to get the, you know, the, the the success they had last year, and then to continue to chase this. Uh, invincible for for year two, so there's always something at the end of the end of the, the season for them to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's gone now, um, obviously after the Hearts game, I think they needed that, uh, and I think they're just struggling to get that bite back in their game. Mm-hmm. Um, how will they get that back? Only they, only they will know themselves. I mean, I mean, we're saying that Celtic are still eight points clear at the top of uh-huh. the league, and you know are going to win the league, uh-huh. and I've already won the league. And lost two games in the hundred. Exactly. It, it is, it's crazy to think, but that's the standard that they've set yeah. in the present to set themselves. Yeah, 100%. So a great result for Kilmarnock at the weekend. We'll run through the table uh, in just a couple of minutes as well. The other result of the weekend, I think, has to be Ross County 4, mm-hmm. uh, Dundee 1 up at Dens Park. So uh, what result for Ross County? They'd gone 13 matches 
without a win. And then they go to Downs Park and win 4-1 Dundee, who've been on a pretty decent run recently as well. Uh, on Coyle, I mean, it was I think pressure was beginning to mount as well, considering that run that they'd been on. Um, but a fantastic result for Ross County. Huge. Um, particularly you're saying, Dundee had been a decent decent run. Um, and how bad Ross County's run. And away from home, you don't really expect it. Mm-hmm. Something to go away from home. But was the pressure switched? Because it, there was there was no home fans to... To mount pressure on them yeah. from the sidelines, so um, huge and unexpected, I think, as well. Yeah, and uh, just uh, looking through, okay, Alex Shaw getting a couple of goals. Uh, Harry Suter, oh, yeah, he's inside this guy. Like it's John nah. Suter's brother uh, who's at Hearts. Harry Suter's down at Stoke. He's on loan at Ross County, right. and he must be about six foot six and built like a shit house. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what they've been feeding so perfect for Stoke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect for Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> so they've been uh, they've been feeding him God knows what down there, but he's absolutely enormous. And uh, I thought he had a decent game against uh, Rangers the previous week actually. But uh, finished four one uh, to Ross County. So pressure uh, coming off a wee bit. I mean they're still bottom of the table, but mm-hmm. in terms of Owen Coyle, he, he's he's a funny one. We've I've spoken with my mates and stuff about Owen Coyle. Um Went down south, did a great job at St Johnston, got the job at Burnley, managed to get them promoted in his first six months or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Uh, kept bolting up for a couple of years, then eventually got relegated and sacked for there. And since then, it's been a bit, a, a bit of a nightmare for him. Yeah, because he I went mean, to he America. Was, he, he was he was tipped as being the next Arsenal manager. Mm-hmm. And well, I think they not they offer, offered the um, the Celtic job as well for Tyler. Quite possibly, possibly. But then he, yeah. uh, it's difficult to see. You don't got actually in their shoes. You'll mm-hmm. never never know. And I think just. People put pressure on themselves. Was the Celtic job too big from that time? Did he feel that he wasn't experienced, or did he yeah. even get interviewed for it or, or asked about it? But um, I don't know. It's difficult to think when you go down. You do so well at St Johnston. Go down England, do really well, and then you hit a low. Yeah, you know, is it? Um, because I, I mean, it's still a long way to go in terms of the season. We've still got 12 mm-hmm. games to go. Ross County have played a couple more than Hamilton and, uh, you know, one more than Dundee and Partick. Um, but it still could all go wrong. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Owen Coyle's got a team re- relegated to the Championship in Scotland. And he stocks, you know, who's going to touch him? Yeah, it was difficult. Um, but it, does it go back to his reputation prior to that? Does it, Johnson? D- yeah. And they look at it and say, well, he did well, he understands the leagues. and mm-hmm. But... People that uh, like Alan Coyle and Jim McIntyre and Alan Johnson to a certain extent that they've got a good reputation in Scotland for being good footballers and they understand the Scottish game, so they'll be continued to to have been offered jobs and and touted for jobs just purely based on on their reputation alone. Yeah. 4-1 it finished then uh, to Ross County at Dens Park also a big win for Aberdeen beating Hamilton 3-0 Andy Considine getting a couple of goals uh, Niall McGinn uh, getting on the score sheet again after he scored last week as well uh, McGinn's a really decent signing for mm-hmm. Aberdeen isn't it? Yeah he, when he was um, um, down south uh, is it boy, um, Steve McGinn not Steve McGinn no Niall McGinn Niall McGinn um, he was at Celtic before yeah. but he was a different class mm-hmm. um, technically very very good I just think was it the pressure of um, playing for Celtic or yep. was it the fact that, that the squad rotation and, and was he the type of player that was he a training ground player that he only did well at smaller clubs but I think technically he's very very good and he's, and he's, he's shown in that Was there any team. players uh, during your career who you trained with and thought God this guy's absolutely amazing who was amazing at like five sides and mm-hmm. stuff but then when you went on a Saturday just like could not do it at all Do you know who was um, they were called the training ground in the last times Right, right? <laughs> um, To be fair to him when he left St Johnson, um, it was at St Johnson, and it was Ryan Stevenson. Okay, right? Steve was unbelievable, super fit, and then first 10-15 minutes looked like he, he, he just came off a bus. 
technically he's unbelievable and then when he went to United his confidence got up and even under Coyley again who, who was an incredible motivator um, he just didn't seem to hit the heights that he'd expected to hit coming from Chelsea yeah. um, I mean his technical ability was ridiculous his physique was ridiculous um, fitness was, was superb but then we went to United and that's when he kind of stood up and went like this is it's time to perform now and then he, he's moved to Hearts and that's etc and he, he proved his, his worth but um, yeah. seeing him on the training ground seeing him could do the training ground and didn't really produce it yeah. on, on a Saturday. Why, why do you think that is? Is it just, you know, some players just freeze when they get to the match? I think so. I think, it? I, think just, I think it's just the expectancy. Confidence. Confidence, morale. Yeah. Uh, the expectancy from the manager, the, the fans. And I think pretty much that people forget is, is the expectancy they put on themselves. The yeah. pressure that players put on themselves to go out and perform. And uh, if they do the first two or three things wrong, they try a harder thing the next time. They try and eradicate what they did wrong the first time, which is possibly the wrong thing to do. Um, and then either go one way or the other. Yeah. Majority of the time they go down to me. We mentioned it, we're there. It was Motherwell 1, Partick Thistle 1. Uh, Chris Dillon uh, getting in the score sheet, as Ray mentioned. Uh, Chiefje uh, getting a goal as well, and Adia Chiefje. So, mm-hmm. um, again, like there you have Chris Dillon uh, at Partick Thistle for 10 years now, getting his testimonial. Uh, absolute legend there, still banging in the goals. And you've got a guy like Chiefje who's, it seems like his career just hasn't. Like you know, really made the step on yet? Uh, what looked like a very promising career when mm. he was at Dundee United. Yeah, again, I think you could you could tag kind of uh, look at Reardon as well. These guys are, are they do well in training, but they go to smaller clubs. Mm-hmm. So if they don't train well, then they'll still play because of of the quality they have coming on a Saturday. When these guys go to bigger clubs, the expectancy is there throughout the week. You need to be on on form throughout the week to perform on a Saturday. And I think maybe that's just what lets them down. Uh, over the piece, but technically you can see how good he is. He's a you know physically a very good player as well. So I'm I'm, I'm delighted for him because he is a good player. I liked him when he was under United. Just mm-hmm. didn't hit heights when he went to Celtic. Yep, uh, and the final result of the weekend was another cracker for Hibs. It was two one. So their second win at Ibrox this season. John McGinn getting a goal and uh, McLaren getting his first for the club as well since he signed during the January transfer window. Um, what, what do you make of this one then? Because the Rangers are just it seems to be. One step forward, mm-hmm. you know, or two step forward, one back, you know, it, it, they can't get really any consistency and a great result for Hibs as well. I think that's half the battle. I think it's trying to find that consistency. I thought some of the players he's brought in have been very good. Um, I like the boy, I like Marty. I think the way he comes across really well, speaks really well, uh, and he speaks as though he really understands the game. Mm-hmm. But then his players don't seem to produce consistently. Yeah. Um, I thought, I generally thought they were winning Saturday. Um, but a huge, huge win for Hibs. Yeah, it gets them right back in the hunt for the European places as well. Uh, six players booked for Hibs on Saturday and three for Rangers, so uh, definitely no love loss between those two clubs. Nah. Um, what do you make of John McGinn? Um, there's always a lot of talk about John McGinn. Scored again on Saturday. A really sort of dynamic mm-hmm. midfield player, isn't he? He's a machine. I think yeah. I've, I've seen him a few times, and the thing is, that he offers uh, an incredible amount of, of intensity to a team. Um, maybe not great technically mm-hmm. or, or or has that kind of great poise and, and looks good but what he does is an unbelievable left foot on him and he's powerful and he creates he's kind of like what Scott Brown does for Celtic he creates a lot of chances for other people or opportunities for other people mm-hmm. by breaking up the play and, and, and pressing and giving the ball to other players that are maybe more creative than him but although he does offer you know quite a dynamic um, kind of passing forward as well so He's, he's a very good future ahead of him anyway. Yeah, one of these guys that Hibs will probably struggle to keep a hold of yeah. do, do you think he should go down south or go to Celtic? Because that seems to be the two options 
that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. If you look at Scott Brown, probably coming toward the end of his career, you mm-hmm. compared him to Scott Brown there. Yeah. Um, but I say Brown could probably play for another two years mm-hmm. and say at the top level. Yeah. Um, if he keeps himself fat, so uh, uh, what would you do? Again, it depends on on um, money. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I think if, if there's an opportunity to go somewhere like you mentioned with Stoke City, yeah. Um, financially set up for life. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a club even of that stature. The opportunity to play in the Champions League is a huge lure for any player, particularly you know come from a Scottish club and um, play for Celtic as well is, is is enormous for any player. But I think on two ways, Scott Brown's proved the fact you go to Celtic and you need to make sure you make it because mm-hmm. if you don't, then I mean it looks like Sir Thompson and Whitaker going the other side um, and didn't you know produce and become you know sustainable players in, in that team and that squad. Mm-hmm. You go down south is a great opportunity to play and and, and create a much better living. Um, financially and a better uh, future yeah. if you can play Stoke Middlesbrough and just kind of moderate yeah. sized clubs so it's kind of you're still going to earn a fortune still yeah. going to earn a fortune so I, I think I know the answer to your question Aye. which is the same for Stoke yeah so <laughs> uh, so uh, sorry Hibs fans he's away to Stoke in the summer that's what's happening <laughs> when I got him to Kieran so uh, the Premiership table does look like this as we mentioned Celtic 8 points clear at the top 60 points uh, Aberdeen after that win against Hamilton uh, pulling clear of Rangers in second place they're 6 points in front of Rangers although uh, Graham Murray's men do have a game in hand uh, then we've got Hibs on 44 Pubbin played a game more than Rangers then Hearts on 37 uh, Kilmarnock 29 we didn't actually talk about the Hearts game actually let's go uh, we, we totally missed the Hearts versus mm-hmm. St Johnson game St Johnson uh, I can't believe this your old club yeah. Um, yeah so good win for Hearts bouncing back after getting a bit of scudding for Celtic during the week uh-huh. but St Johnson uh, really the, the relegation form they're, it really is uh, they're, they're, um, it's been quite a poor season yeah. I think overall for St Johnson and, and whether that's um, from the, kind of starting off because I know to, uh Tommy Wright was obviously tipped to take the Rangers job as well and, mm-hmm. and, and Northern Ireland and, and Northern Ireland. So there's been a lot going on up there that um we're not fully aware of. Um have has the the changing room kind of turned not necessarily turned on him, but has, has he lost the changing room? Yeah. It's a big thing how they've done so well over the last couple of seasons because the you know the, the boys have stuck together. So you know, it's one of those it's, it's you can only kind of speculate from the outside, um looking in, but it's disappointing to see with Ireland because they've always kind of been kind of yeah. I mean, only you know, only three top. points away for the relegation playoffs. I, I mean, on the other side, you're only three points away for the top six as yeah. well. I think it looks like it's going to be another one of those seasons that whoever gets into sixth place is going. Thank God for that. Like <laughs> that, that's a safe relegation. We kind of get relegated despite the fact you know they'll probably finish with a lot less, a lot fewer points, I should say, uh, than Hearts and Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Hearts, another good win uh, under Craig Levine at Tynecastle. Um, he just seems to be trolling people just now, uh, Craig Levine. <laughs> uh, by the by, the sounds of it, what was it last week? He was getting in a wee spat, obviously with, with Neil Lennon a couple of weeks previously, the Natural Order and all that stuff. And uh, I can't remember what was his chat with was it not with oh with Scott Brown. Uh, and, Scott Brown and, and, and he was saying, "Oh well, you know, Scott Brown's just annoyed because he's getting schooled by a sixteen-year-old." So, I mean, is Levine just like not giving a fuck now? It seems that way. I think he's just, I think he's just completely lost the plot. I think yeah. he's just totally relaxed. I, I think he goes home, wears joggies and <laughs> and, a, and a pair of flip flops and yeah. slippers and just and his chills. I'm going to wind some bit this week because he never used to be like that. No, you know, he's quite almost like he was kind of pent up aggression and, and very serious. And yeah. now he's just like whether he's just he's kind of just found a new lease of life and just yeah. thought, you know what, more relaxed and. 
enjoying enjoying watching football. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly a new lease of life for Hearts since Ian, Th- Ian Castro disappeared at the start of the season. Then Craig Levine has managed to turn it around. They're comfortably in the top six now, thirty-seven points. Uh, Kilmarnock on twenty-nine, just ahead of Motherwell on goal difference, but that one solitary goal uh, on the same points though. Motherwell, St Johnston, twenty-six points as we mentioned. Dundee twenty-five after that defeat. Partick Thistle twenty-four, picking up a point in Motherwell. Then the bottom two of Hamilton Ackies on twenty-three and Ross County bottom of the league on twenty, but closing the gap after beating Dundee 4-1 at the weekend. Let's uh, drop down into the Championship and uh, probably the, the, the main talking point is St Mirren, just a relentless march towards the title by the looks of it. Uh, I'm totally going to have to eat humble pie because I, 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 you know, I still don't think St Mirren are a fantastic side, but I have said that it's the rest of the league's fault that St Mirren are going to win the league. <laughs> it is, because I, I just think, you look at Dundee United squad and they should be squishing it. They really uh-huh. should be squishing it. But fair play to St Mirren, uh, they keep going and it's another win 2-0 against Queen of the South who themselves have uh, been on quite a decent run you know I think if you look back to when Jack Ross took the job and, and the difficulty he found transforming yeah because I mean it, it didn't ham straight away yeah. like he took over and they were still having a nightmare yeah. for a dozen games or so the, the thing with Jack Ross though, is uh, he tries to instill a, a, a philosophy and an ethos into, into his team mm-hmm. and you know, to do that right away, it's never really going to happen because you've got different players come from different environments that don't, might not understand or pick up how he wants to to go about his business. But he's managed to do that now, and you can see the um, you know, can see that coming to to, to fruition now that he's, he's he's brought in players that are, are, are fitting. Because I think he kind of was it last January. Mm-hmm. He, man, he managed to ship kind of out a, like a, a, eight so players and nine players in or something. You know, yeah. someone sometimes you try to put um, square pegs into round holes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you, you know. Another no cliche. One one man shites another man's treasure, so they might yeah. not work that way, you know. So I think now he's seen that the kind of the, the fruits of his labour coming to fruition that, he, that they're doing what they're asked me to do and, and winning games. Yeah, it looks like uh, they're going to win like 14 points clear at the top ahead of Dundee United, albeit Dundee United uh, have played a couple of games less. Their game against Inverness was postponed on Saturday. That will be rearranged. Uh, Livingston picking up a fantastic win away at Falkirk. Falkirk, again, another team who have been on a decent running form, but Livingston beating them 3-1 mm-hmm. and uh, they can push up. They can go second in the table next week because um, Dundee United aren't playing and... Dunfermline are playing Livingston so every chance there'll be three points for Livingston uh, great job that David Hopkins done there uh-huh. I think um, I, I was actually thinking I forgot who was who was in charge of Livingston Yeah. Um, but by all accounts they're very very effective very direct mm-hmm. um, I've heard and they've got some, some decent some decent players Yeah. Um, that's despite they lost Danny Mullen uh, to St Mirren in, uh, in January there obviously one of the better players but uh, yeah and there's guys like Sean Byrne playing for uh, Livingston in the middle of the park who was at Dunfermline mm-hmm. and a very talented player just probably needed a move to kick himself on and it looks uh-huh. like it's happening uh, but Livingston first season up again uh, from League One mm-hmm. won the league comfortably last season and uh, looks like they're definitely going to get in the playoffs aren't they? I think so I think if they continue the, the, the form they're in they'll definitely get themselves secure enough to to stay there, so um, you see what the six points clearer than for just now with, mm-hmm. with a game in hand as well. So, I uh, hope they can get, get it up there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Literally. And uh, Morton, another team push, uh, pushing up, I should say, into the playoffs after beating Dunfermline 2 1. And as I mentioned, the third time uh, that Morton have scored a last minute winner against Dunfermline this season. <laughs> so, uh, well, not quite. I think the Scottish Cup game is right, sorry, 86 87 minutes. But yeah, uh, Jim Duffy uh, seems to be, you know, just sort of uh, getting getting a decent return out of his squad uh-huh. there and uh, Michael Tidster who I'm a big fan of I think mm-hmm. he's a good player I like him and uh, Gary 
Gary Oliver getting that last minute goal. Horrific mistake from Lee Robinson, the Dunfermline oh, goalkeeper, that just ran into um, Callum Morris for no reason. So that, that was <laughs> that was a, that was a bit annoying. Uh, Dunfermline had decent chances. Didn't think we played particularly well. I think it was heading for a draw, and I think a draw probably would have been a fair result. But Morton nicked it at the end. Um, I mean, Alan Johnson probably under a wee bit of pressure now. Definitely, I think there's fans that are. Not very happy with the th- mm-hmm. way things are going. One of the bigger clubs in the championship, Dunfermline, obviously. Um, I mean, you, you've seen it throughout your career when you've got managers who are under pressure. What's it like playing in the change room? Because it's not as if you know the players are deliberately yeah. losing matches. Well, not in every case. I, I don't think in this case. No, I, definitely not. But I think it's just, uh, again, it's going back to having the change room on board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. You, you, Morale's low. You always get into his, his football's kind of his habits. Yeah. Um. You get into habits of winning, but you can also get into habits of losing, and mm-hmm. it's difficult just to find that rubber the green. You know, to say, well, we go out one day and the, the shot it maybe deflected goes in and the goalie's went the wrong way, but one day you went hit the post, come back into the goalie's arms. Yeah. You win one nil, you've been terrible, and because it's not about necessarily good performances to win the games. You know, it's just to make sure that we don't lose. Yeah. Um. And that's what they're not doing. They're not making sure they don't lose. It's more a focus on let's yeah. try to win and then maybe caught in the counter. So yeah, I mean, lots of really really poor goals. Even the first goal was a terrible goal to mm-hmm. lose as well. And it just seems to be the theme at the moment. Uh, you work with Sandy Clark, uh, who was at uh, St Johnson mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Uh, he's assistant manager. A uh, good guy. Got a lot of time for him. A lot of time for Sandy. Although um, I was kind of in uh, contract negotiations or I was a contract rebel at the time. But irrespective of that. I knew where I stood with him. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't necessarily train with the first team, um, just because that was his prerogative. Like, your mind's not on it, but very, very polite. Mm-hmm. Every morning, say, "How's the family? How's it going?" And it's almost like a bittersweet. Well, how's it doing? Yeah, yeah, we no training, beat it. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Morning, Kieran, how are you? Good gaffer, how's things for you?" And then great. Um, then going out to training pits and just name and squad coming. Really you know, we were under 18 So what, what happened at that stage and what was going through What, what was you, um, you just oh, signed my contract uh, They'd offered my contract My agent was saying well, Let them come to us with offer And they said Will you come to us with offer and, and I was like Well What would I do here You know Because I want to start I, I love St Johnson yeah. That's where I grew up yeah. um, But ultimately you, you get an agent You put your trust in your agent You respect what they want to do And yeah. uh, So he was saying Well if they come to us with a contract Then the ball's now caught Then we can play was, If we go to them Then they can say What do you want And I'm like just, just sort it out Just sort it out And, and that went on for The best part of a, a year or so Really? I went for quite a while And then so What was the resolution? Uh, I went to the Lister on trial <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much yeah Went to uh, an apple With your flip flops uh, <laughs> um, So yeah The championship does look like this As I mentioned St Mirren 14 points clear At the top ahead of Dundee United Albeit They have played two games more They're on 54 Dundee United 40 Livingston Up into third on 39 Morton on 34 Into the playoffs now Ahead of Dunfermline And Queen of the South Who are both on 33 points uh, Then down to Inverness On 30 Falkirk 23 as well Dumbarton on 20 points So Falkirk Still not clear In that relegation playoff spot and poor old Breakin City four points didn't play the weekend um, I, I mean are Breakin ever going to win a game? <laughs> are, are they? I, I, mm, it's tough to say. I think this, that they're playing a very very poor team on the day yeah. um, and that, and that's showing the difficulty they've got but then again the Martins kind of have, have showed their resolution that, resolute, that they're, they're good 20 mm. points a part time team yeah. So the two part-time teams But Breakin have kind of shown That they've struggled in that Yeah Do you think it's just a case Where a team like Breakin They've probably come up Bank the money Go back down Have a good crack at winning In the league next season In league one And then come up A wee bit better prepared Possibly But then again 
Instead of going, instead of going like you know, boss out in uh-huh. the championship, spending loads of money and getting relegated, probably anyway. Uh-huh. And the, do you not think this might be, even though it's a horrific season, yeah, and they've not won a game yet, it's still probably a wee bit more savvy way to do it. Yeah, I think so. Just to, I think that they're realistic that it's they're not going to get anywhere above fourth place in in, in that league unless they do, you know, splash a bit of money. But it's difficult yeah. to get you know players up there anyway without. Um, given that kind of money to, to go and play so I think you're right in a sense I've just been more realistic in are they a, a, a League One team in, in the Championship uh, appearance every couple of seasons Yeah yeah, I think that's uh, that's exactly how it's going so uh, yeah it's um, the table it does look like this and uh, it's uh, not looking good for breaking at all so let's uh, drop down into League One at the weekend there was a full card it was our both one Albion Rovers now so Dick Campbell seems to just love League One and trying to get out of it anyway and uh, it's going well for our both they're comfortably in the playoffs now and uh, another good win for Dick Campbell's men at the weekend much to raise disappointment Air mm. United though um, struggling at home lost the last three home games got beat again on Saturday by Aloha 2-1 horrific goalkeeping mistake uh, I don't know if you've seen it online we actually retweeted it earlier on mm. and uh, yeah just didn't <laughs> just wasn't very good at all uh, missed kick and then ran back and should have saved it on the line it was just horrible uh, so 2-1 it finished uh, to Aloha lot of pressure on both Aloha uh, sorry both Wraith Rovers and Air because they're the two full time teams mm-hmm. and there's obviously only one slot for going up so that's going to be a right battle towards the end of the season isn't yeah it? Definitely, I think. Um, I think although we're a full time, I think it's a, 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 it's, a, it's a weird situation. I think there's a few that are full time and, and yeah. some are part time, but Wraith Rovers are totally full time, totally full time. Um, but you look at the experience that Air have and some of the players they've got. Um, it's quite it's yeah. Even signing like say Mark Kerr, you know, that's coming in, in the past week or so. Oh, Stephen Bell, that. Stephen mm-hmm. Bell in there as well now, and uh, still got guys like Lauren Shanklin to scoring lots of goals, but it doesn't seem to matter at the moment because their home form mm-hmm. is uh, seriously letting them down. As I say, two one to Aloha finished at the weekend. Airdrie beat four four one nil, and uh, Dale Carrick getting the goal for Airdrie again. Airdrie another <laughs> another club that you just don't know what's going on uh, from week to week, but hopefully uh-huh. a wee bit a, a, a wee bit settled down a wee bit because uh, they've got the new owners in place mm-hmm. now and uh, they can maybe start to progress again I mean that sort of going full time experiment for a couple yeah. of years is just mental like I don't I don't understand that at all if you're in League 1 and you know Airdrie no disrespect to Airdrie are getting crowds of 600-700 mm-hmm. yeah why are you going why are you going full time what's yeah. the point there needs to be I think that the, the numbers man wasn't yeah. playing game that week um, <laughs> it's difficult I think you see Airdrie have always been a, a big a big club Um I think we're on the Clyde Banks. Uh, Faithful aren't, aren't too keen on Airdrie. No. Um, but it was a. Uh, I think a bit more stability come in now with the new owners. They're going part time, I think, next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe obviously can hold them in better position. Because there's also the, the thing as well, whereas if you go full time, then again, Airdrie are picking from the worst full time players that are out there. Because they can't offer yeah. you know, the same money that even Air or Wraith can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't true. offer the same money that. Teams in the championship can, yeah. so they're they're dealing in the the the, bot, the bottom of the bucket in Almost, terms yeah. of and in, in, in terms of the full time players. Whereas if you're a part time team, mm-hmm. you can get the best of the part time players. Yeah. Surely yeah. that's the the way you should look at it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's difficult though. That again, it depends on on so you know who, who the manager is and where the respect comes from. And if you can get somebody to come play for you, mm-hmm. and and what kind of product you're selling to somebody, that that, that might make a difference to somebody to say, well, do you know what, I might be getting paid X amount of money, but 
I'm going to go and play every week and yeah. and give myself an opportunity to um, you know, do well and maybe get signed by a Morton or a Dunfermline up the championship because sometimes it is about taking a couple of steps back to go forward Yeah. and if that's the case of taking a hit there and then it's a, it just depends on the commerce season that you're having Queen's Park won Wraith Rovers 3 it finished at Hamden at the weekend uh, some more comedy defending <coughs> from Queen's Park managed to see that on Twitter at the weekend uh, head on at Scott Soccer FM if you want to see it there uh, 3-1 to Wraith Rovers and that puts them top of the league again ahead of Mary United and they've got a game in hand as well Stranraer now East 5-2 lot of financial troubles at Stranraer mm-hmm. uh, over the past few weeks and months but looks like they've probably done enough to stay up uh, that was three wins in a row before Saturday so um, yeah fingers crossed uh, thing they can get to the end of the season and things will go See a little bit better yeah. uh, next year. Uh, so the table does look like this it's Wraith Rovers on 50, Air United 48 then a wee gap down to Arbroath on 37, Aloha 35 same as Stranraer um, but Aloha have a much better goal difference. East Fife on 30 points, Airdrie on 29, Albion Rovers 22, Forfar 21 and bottom of the table is Queen's Park. Finally this weekend in League 2 um, we had five matches on and it was a rare point for Cowdenbeath. Uh, they've been mega, mega struggling this season but managed to pick up a point on the road at Annan uh, so a decent result for the Blue Brazil there uh, Clyde, three wins on the spin for Danny Lennon 3-2 winners against Edinburgh City um, so things going a little bit better for uh, Danny Lennon there uh, Montrose, great result for them against Peterhead Chris Templeman, I mean this guy Chris Templeman has been about for years like, like you, Sani like you've, you've played with him? Played him played I, against? I, was, I was at Mortimer Sani, I've played against him for I remember playing against Sani when he was at Dunfermline mm-hmm. and it was having big Nish up top at the youth. <laughs> yeah, aye, yeah. Um, big tower and centre forwards, but big sign does a Johan Cruyff turn. You mm-hmm. know he's doing it. Yeah. I mean, he turns slower than the Titanic, <laughs> but you still can't get the ball off him. Yeah. He's unbelievable. There's uh, one, of my, one of my mate's dads is obsessed with Chris Templeman and thinks that Dunfermline should never have let him go. Uh-huh. And I was like, but we we had like Stevie Crawford and Craig Brewster up front. Like, no offence to uh-huh. Chris Templeman. He's, he's carved out a pretty decent career Aye. for himself. Well, that's but, the thing. He's part-time, so it's, yeah. it's, it suits him perfect. Yeah, I mean, he must be. How old is he now? 37, 38? Mm-hmm. I, I guess he's, he's, uh, not, he's, not, me. he's not got any... <laughs> he's not got any yes. pace. <laughs> uh, you've been telling that story for a few years. So uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, He's not got any pace to lose, though. So I no, guess that's, no, never, exactly. So, uh, yeah, great Does, result for uh, Stuart Petrie, manager up there as yep. well, uh, for and guys. So, uh, a lot of time for Montrose. And Peter Head, again, uh, they'll be cacking themselves a wee bit. I know they've got a couple of games in hand over Montrose. They're four points behind now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they win their games in hand, they'll go in front of them. But they'll still be spending more money than the rest of the league put together. They've got guys like Rory McAllister who mm-hmm. just scores all the time. Uh, you've got Willie Gibson up there now as well, who's yep. you know a very decent player. Even David Simon McCra- Ferry. Yeah, Simon Ferry. David McCracken as well. So a lot of experience in there, but they're just struggling a wee bit to get mm-hmm. over the line, aren't they? I think, again, it's goes down to morale and confidence and, and, and habits of... of Inconsistency, mm-hmm. uh, like you're saying, there's some unbelievable players up there, and, and I do. I, I would fancy Peter Head over Montrose just purely for the fact of experience of being there. Yeah, um, you know they'll know what it what it entails to get over the line. Um, delighted for for SP at Montrose. SP was my assistant at uh, Broth. Right, great lad, great guy, and I'm really pleased for him. I've got a lot of good pals at Montrose as well. So and Peter Head for that matter, and I'm, and I, I do see Peter Head still taking it. Um, 
but I'd be delighted if, if it was SP to take it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so that Stuart Petrie, absolute legend that he's down, so very happy for him. Uh, great result at the weekend. It was Steny 4-0 winners against Berwick Rangers, so great result for Steny. Uh, puts them firmly in contention for a playoff place. And uh, still in Albion, one of your old teams there. Mm-hmm. 3-1 winners uh, after hitting a wee bit of sticky, uh, sticky patch over the last wee while, winning 3-1 against Elgin. Um, Sterling again another team who have ambitions of getting back up into League One aren't they mm-hmm. uh, they've got some good players um, the boy Smith's a decent player uh, scored a lot of goals too like again that. on Saturday yeah very good player Pizzo and as well Pizzo aye Pizzo <laughs> the old workhorse top man um, but they have got some good players and again like you're saying they always want to try and get back to, to the, the top level the league above so yeah, do how difficult is it for teams like uh, you know Sterling and I, th- I, was, I think I go on about this all the time. I can't remember the stat, but Montrose haven't been promoted, um, or obviously relegated for you know it's something like like twenty one years or something. So they've, they've just been sort of stuck in that league. Yeah, and and well, I, I think sorry, they might have been relegated, but they haven't been promoted uh-huh. for something like twenty one years, which is just you know. <laughs> That's scary, and I'm in a very strong position to do it now. So yeah, so I, obviously going to be very nervous towards the end of the season. But get, how hard is it for teams like Montrose and Stirling Albion just trying to get a squad together mm-hmm. and keep the squad together? Because if you've got players like Darren Smith, I mean, he will leave at the end of the yeah. season and sign with someone further up the food chain. Um, it's difficult to try and keep a squad together, isn't it? I think so. Um, the, the difference with the Montrose and, and Stirling Albion, Stirling Albion got a, a far better position, a far better catching area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me it's about recruitment. Um, and like you're saying, I mean, Brecon will probably offer more money than Stan Albion. Yeah. If you're bringing in players that would rather go for the money, then they'll more often not go for Brecon. Um, so, similar like Montrose, who's got somebody like Stuart Peachy, who's sold a product mm-hmm. to them. He, he's brought in players that might have went somewhere else for more money, but what they want to do is go and enjoy their football. They've, they've bought into what SP's trying to, trying to instill. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, they're reaping the benefits of that. Um, yeah. On the other side of things, you know, Stirling and Albion are kind of there and there, they've been relegated, they've been up, they've been down, there's again not found that level of consistency. Yeah. Um, so the table uh, it does look uh, like I just said there, it was Montrose on 50 points, uh, Peter Head on 46. As I say, a couple of games in hand for Peter Head and Stenny and Stirling and Albion actually. Uh, Montrose played more games than anyone else. Uh, so Stenny on 38, uh, Stirling and Albion 36, Elgin 33, Annan 32, Berwick Rangers 24, Clyde 23, uh, Edinburgh City on 18, and. Uh, I've said this probably for every single week I've done this podcast. Cowdenbeath propping up the entirety of Scottish football on 10 points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's That last place in League 2 must just be a nightmare like to be in. If, you, if you're Cowdenbeath, um, and before that obviously East Stirling got mm-hmm. relegated, and you're dropping down into the lowland league, that must just be an utter disaster. It's it's new. I was I, I went, I was junior after um, yeah. they kind of brought this pyramid scheme in. Uh, so it was always just uh, <laughs> pyramid system yeah. that is selling yeah. things. Yeah, uh, make money at the time. <laughs> <laughs> shows are loaded. Yeah, uh, but the, the this situation they're in now, it was East Stirling They could never get relegated. They'll just if it happened, it happened. Yeah. And, and but I think now it does bring a, an added kind of um, incentive to make sure you stay up there, but also allows the, the ones that the, the, the lowland and the highland mm-hmm. to try and get an opportunity. To get back to get up there. Yeah, we'll talk a wee bit more about uh, yourself and Clyde Bank and their ambitions uh, a wee bit later on. And uh, but first, of all, I, I want to ask you. Obviously, that was uh, two 
um, teams who managed to get the better of Rangers and Celtic at the weekend. Habs beating Rangers at Ibrox. And Kilmarnock beating rugby, uh, beating rugby, beating uh, Celtic at Rugby Park. And uh, it, it doesn't happen very often that both Celtic and Rangers lose on the same weekend. Uh-huh. Um, tell us your success stories against Celtic and Rangers. Go for it. Um, well, back in 99, I think it was, uh, season 98-99 season, um, we beat them, also St. Johnson, we beat Rangers and Celtic in the same season. Nice. Um, but oh, Rangers also scudded us 7-0. I think I remember uh, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Givas got a hat-trick that, was that season. Was that obviously Advocate? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that says a lot, because, you know, the Celtic and Rangers teams then are probably oh, scary. far in advance, well, certainly Rangers mm-hmm. uh, now. Um, but still, great to... One half of them, isn't it? Mm. That was good because again, you, the way you play, it's it's completely different from where you play somebody else. You go, it's the old kind of um, defensive four three three four yeah. five one, you know, and it's but you, you, you take what you get. Um, but for some reason, you know, you, again, they still do it these days. Teams all seem to raise their game against Rangers and Celtic just pure for the fact of who you're coming up against because mm-hmm. um, they don't come out around that often. So taking the opportunity to win and is 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 quite seldom. And of course, when uh, Rangers started again in the third division, you managed to get the better of them at Stirling Albion, didn't you? To be fair, they, they struggled against us that season. Yeah. Um, we drew them as well at Ibrox. Uh-huh. No, I'll tell you, like, we drew them at Ibrox, we drew them at, uh, um, at Fourth Bank, and they beat us at, at Fourth Bank mm-hmm. as well. So, um, no, beat us at Ibrox, sorry. And we beat them 1 0. So we, we were the first team to beat them yeah. that season. It was obviously, I think, uh, my whitewash the season and all that. But. Uh, we scored after something like seven or eight minutes. Um, Brian Allison scored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just went. Craig Levine just went six four. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging on. Yeah. For it was the Alamo. It was yeah. just. But, but then again, they became so predictable, and they were playing the balls into uh, two centre halves, like, uh, Gary Toman and uh, Brian Allison, who just loved head on the ball. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And and you thought if you played a bit more, kind of. Uh, you across know, the back, spread and, the yeah, game yeah, out, yeah, and made it. You're a, you're an absolute ruinous, but he just went direct, bang, bang, bang. Was it John Daly and that was playing up front, and maybe uh, Lee McCulloch? They were there. You think Lee McCulloch was at the back? He mm. played at the back. Uh, Shields played. Uh, Ian Black played. Um, but they're just they're just and uh, Kevin Kyle. Yeah, oh, Kyle as well. Right, so. I mean, it was it was a bizarre time, really, that because. You know, Rangers being, regardless of all the sort of stuff that surrounds it, Rangers being in the third division is mm-hmm. odd. Yeah. You know, wh- whether you believe it's the yeah. old Rangers or the new Rangers and all that stuff, without going down that track, it's still bizarre. But the way they did it was mental, I yeah. thought. Like signing players that you've just mentioned and paying them Horrific. thousands and thousands yeah. of pounds a week. Why didn't they sign maybe three or four experienced players yeah. and then just play their youngsters? Because yeah. they would have wiped the floor with the league anyway. 100%. I think that the, the, the youth policy, do you know that they, they had a game against them, right? And they'd a squad like 60 mm-hmm. and they had two players away on under 21 duty in what they got the game called off. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think the figure is, I think um, the promotion from third to signing the championship and all the rest, that they spent £73 million on wages. <laughs> Which is just insane, but like you say, no, that, that, that's that's more than most clubs have probably spent in the last, mm-hmm. you know, twenty five years. Yeah. wages, incredible. But like you say, they should have uh, bleeded their youth, bleeded their youth, and brought in some some senior pros to get them through who knew the leaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember saying that you know Simon Mensing that time was going was was free. I thought he'd be an unbelievable signing, and generally mean it. I thought yeah. he was an incredible centre half, experienced, knew the leaks. You'd get him for. Buttons compared to like you're playing the rest of them, yeah. But then they went down that avenue of just bringing in players and, and hope 
that they, they, they're going to do well. Yeah, shambles anyway. Um, so that is League Two. Uh, we'll look ahead to the fixtures and just a bit. Well, this is Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and guest host Kieran McInnesby this week. Uh, let's have a wee chat. We mentioned it uh, with Ray at the start of the programme, um, which was Walter Smith as the Scotland manager. That's the big story today. Keith Jackson's exclusive uh, front of the record this morning when I picked it up. Um, I can't. I can't say that I'm that surprised that his name's been thrown at the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, well, what, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, you, you've played against these teams in the past, certainly. Um, I'd give it to McLeish. Because mm-hmm. I know that's your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, to be fair, they're all going to be... Listen, these guys are experienced. They, they, they know what's going on. And there's a lot of folks saying, well, um, don't give it to him because he left to go back to Rangers and don't do it to all these senior players and all these senior coaches. But the thing is, when these guys are saying, don't give it to McLeish, don't give it to Smith, don't give it to so-and-so, who would you give it to? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that's the faculty of, yeah. of, Scot- of particularly Scottish football. That, yeah. that is, is, is it not a worry though for Walter Smith? Um, obviously, a wildly successful manager, mm. even in his second spell at Rangers. Uh-huh. Um, again, not getting into all the <laughs> EBT chat and all uh-huh. that stuff, but again, like on the face of it, won loads of titles. Yeah, and vastly experienced, but he hasn't been involved in football management since 2011. Which is seven years. Uh-huh. That's quite a long time to be out of the game, don't you think? It's a long time to be out of the game. Yeah, but he's been a long game in the game longer than he's been out of it. Mm-hmm. So he knows he knows football. Um, and they're talking about get, bringing a, a young manager. But guaranteed, Walter Smith goes to games, watches games live, watches games on telly. He'd be involved, but he's a football man, so it wouldn't be. Um, but riding the bike, it's not as if he's going to go. Oh, I don't know how to manage a team here. Yeah. He does the the, the pro youth license. Um, tutoring so he's always got his hand in the game whether he brings in a younger uh, assistant to, to help him but he's not going to be too far away from what's actually going on you understand okay the, the dimensions of, of the, or the dynamics of the game have changed slightly uh, and the way that the players are um, however that would be dependent on who he brings in to alongside him but nothing's saying I, I, don't, I wouldn't see it being an issue seven years out of the game he still knows how to play football mm-hmm. he still knows how to win, win games and Graham Murty said it today as well on, on his interview with him about him. Um, he'll make players play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and every player understands um, what their job is when they go out. And, and it's having that respect. Don't get me wrong, Gordon Strachan would done the exact same. But his style's different. So how he goes about his business is completely different to how McLeish goes about it. Uh, uh, Smith goes about his business. Mm-hmm. But he's still, they, they earn the respect. They demand respect. Um, whereas... You know, you might look at another player, they have to come in trying to earn the respect of these players and it might take time, but it just depends on, on the avenue or the, the route they want to go down. Yeah. The SFA, they want to go around uh, bringing a, a young coach and how they do that, they, they bring a young coach and what a quick fix. Yeah, or, those those two probably don't marry up. Yeah, so so the thing is, you bring in a young coach and say, right, next four years as, as, a, as, a, as a national side, we build on it. Mm-hmm. We don't expect in for the first four years. At least and say, right, let's bring these players in, let's that, nurture them, let's bring them up to a level. But, but that, it's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. No. no. I think, personally, I think the fact that Smith is even anywhere near getting the job is the fact that the SFA are cacking themselves that they don't qualify for Euro 2020. Mm-hmm. And Hamden's used as one of the venues, and we're sitting here scratching our arses, mm-hmm. watching from the sidelines. I think that they've thought, shit, we need to get somebody who, I say, a safe pair of hands, and all he'll be tasked with. Nothing, no yeah. planning for the future 
just get us to Euro 2020 and then you can sail off into the sunset cheerio. And you're right, probably bring in uh, a couple of assistants. You look back in the day, I always think when you see like old like games and stuff for the 90s and Jock Steen was the manager. Jock Steen was the manager and then Alex Ferguson was his assistant. Mm-hmm. Smith was there. Jim McLean was there. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what a coaching team that is. Like, I thought, who's who yeah. of Scottish football over the past, you know, 40 years, 50 mm-hmm. years? Um, it could be a chance to do something like that. I know that, like, like say Callum Davidson mm-hmm. has been heavily involved with the yep. um, the Scotland setup in the past wee while. He was brought in by Gordon Strachan, maybe someone like him. Um, or do you go around and say, "Hey, Derek McInnes, mm-hmm. why don't you come and you you come and work under me at Scotland, be my assistant manager, and maybe another couple of guys like that?" Is that what you would do? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Then you look because again, it was it was kind of spoke about. Uh, today uh, in the radio you talk about Chris Coleman taking the Wales job Michael Neal taking the Northern Ireland job Chris Coleman didn't have the most success as a club manager you think about his time at Fulham he yeah. did okay his time at uh, Sociedad was okay yeah. not going to look extensive but then getting the job um, at Wales he, he just turned it around but again excuse me he took time to build and get the players buy-in but also get the the fans, yeah, completely on side. So I mean, I mean, having Gareth Bale helped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, I think, I think it was Toshak that originally brought in mm-hmm. uh, Gareth Bale and just played him as a sixteen-year-old or whatever because it's yeah. like this guy's the future. But you're right about Coleman. You know, again, somebody who's not had a an amazing sort of uh, coaching career at club no. level, but international level. Yeah, he took, sale, took what, he, the semi-final. Yeah, and it's, the thing is, he, he knew how to get the best out of players individually, and that's the key component is getting the best out individually. Um, what their what their roles are, and then as a collective, as long as they understand what their role is as a collective, mm-hmm. and you can build them uh, their morale and their confidence, and, and the belief that they're a good player. But most importantly, you know, what they're doing, they're playing for the national the national teams. They need to understand what what it entails. But they all do. They all want to play for the, the country, but they need to understand what their role is and go out and make sure they win the game. I was thinking about it yesterday, Kieran, because I was because uh, I always do on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, as okay. you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I was uh, I was listening to Craig Brown. He was on Sports Sound and he was talking about they played a wee package of you know it's obviously twentieth anniversary mm-hmm. of his last qualifying for anything or come ninety eight. And I know that you were involved mm-hmm. as one of the sort of uh, squad books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your actual? What was your title? Just sort of like come um, along for a laugh, sort of thing. Aye, hamper boy. So the, so there was you, uh, Darren Young, Mark Butchell, Paul Gallagher. Uh-huh. Uh, was that was that four of us? Four yeah. Of uh, I mean, what an experience that must have been. You know, even just even just being around. I know we've spoken about this before, but um, you know, just being around a World Cup must have been mental. It was crazy. <laughs> Paul Gallagher and I went to America for the pre World Cup tour. Yeah, yeah. So he'd been he'd been with them for five weeks. Um, so you just you completely felt part of it. It was. We think the back now. It was very surreal, mm-hmm. but we were eighteen, and I just, I just did football, I just play. I didn't really know taking it, taking it, consideration what I was actually doing. Um, and, and at that time, we just qualified for everything. Yeah. So you thought, well, oh, well, there'll be another one in a couple. I'll of ask years. you this question: Is it a coincidence that we've not qualified for a major tournament since we introduced the under twenty one league, which was nineteen ninety seven? It may well be. It may well be. Do you think it is? Mm-hmm. I think you bring back the reserve league. Because the players nowadays don't earn the right to get into first teams, they just put in. Yeah. So at youth team, you know, okay, the squad was slightly bigger than, than even St. Johnson, but at 16, I had to earn the right to play in the youth team. If I did well in the youth team, I had to earn the right to get into the, uh, the, right team. Get into the reserve team and, and so on and so forth. But also, that I still had my job to do. Yeah. 
it didn't matter how well we did in training or, or resi games or youth games um, Paul Sturrock would always ask Aggie God rest her who does well their jobs Yeah. so there's still a level of responsibility off the pitch mm-hmm. to earn the right you know, to, to play on it Yeah. Um, I was a busy I just used to always do my <laughs> job so um, I wasn't the, great, the greatest technically but um, I, I worked harder off it than yeah. the rest of the boys and that's why I managed to mean Chucky King managed to go a wee bit quicker than anybody else Yeah. best bit boys going but the, that level of, of the pathway into a, a first team was that you had to earn the right to do it well I think are they not talking about bringing back the reserve league next season I'd like to think so yeah, I think about a good I, idea I, I think they are I think they are but I mean like I, I was just going to ask you as well like, you know just, just stuff about being over in France and mm-hmm. seeing Craig Brown again a guy who didn't have a fantastic yeah. career at club Alec Miller's his number two yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and you know had had kicked around with Andy Roxburgh and stuff yep. like that in, in the 1980s but you know, did looking back a fantastic job at yeah. Scotland. Um, unbelievable. But they, again, you look at the players he had at his disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Well, do, you, do you think the players we had at that time? They were all players who were playing in the Premier League. You know, look at the bat and, and you know, top players. You had guys like Jim Leighton, mm-hmm. who was a fantastic goalkeeper, played with Man United. I mean, yeah. how many Scotland goals have played with Man United? You've got Colin Calderwood was playing with Spurs. Mm-hmm. Colin Hendry had just won the league for Blackburn. Blackburn. You've got guys John like Collins. Paul Lambert just won the European Cup. John Collins, even up front, you've got guys like Kevin Gallagher who mm-hmm. played with Blackburn, Newcastle. Like we don't have that talent at our disposal now. Do you think we probably underachieved a wee bit since then? No, no, no. That then? At, at that time, at that time, I know we're qualifying for things, but you look back at Euro '96 and you think, all right, we beat Switzerland. We were a bit unlucky against England, and then the Holland game we managed to scrape a draw, so we're kind of unlucky to go out. But you know, we we. <laughs> I guess we had Brazil in our group. Yeah, we had Norway, who were on a mental unbeaten run, Aye. and the African champions. But everyone just thought we'll beat Morocco. Only Morocco. Morocco were brilliant. Yeah, Morocco were well, unbelievable. They, they scudded us. Aye, yeah, I remember up. watching that in my house. Like, you know, I mean, where did you watch the first game? Where did you watch the Brazil, Brazil game? game in the, the main stand? With all the hoity toities. <laughs> were you? Aye, in <laughs> the prawn sandwich. sandwich aye. Yeah. Um, aye, we we stood, So we missed them. Um, we didn't get on the pitch when the guys walked out with their kilts on. Uh-huh. Um Due to the well, there was there was four accreditation badges less than should have been. There's only four years, so yeah. we only four never that we couldn't go, we couldn't officially get onto the pitch at a certain so times. So you can get um, to the changing room or that. Uh, no, we're in the changing room. All right, good. Actually, all right, so we had that. We had the um, the UEFA delegate got us in and, and everywhere. So we can all access all areas because we were there putting the kit out and stuff like that, helping the kit men. Um, so we didn't see when all the, the kind of shots you saw all the guys come out with their kilts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were in in the the, the change room, but makes everything's out ready to go, and then we sat up um, just behind the dugouts and uh, yeah. and watched the game there. Did you? What was the reaction? Were you like to cheer on that when you scored, or when we scored? Aye, say. aye. Are <laughs> you just going mental? Aye, I went bananas, aye. Because <laughs> we'd said it was John Collins had said to us, "What should we do? Like, what I'll do if I score? Uh, celebration?" And I can't it was me or one of the boys that said, "I'll do that." Yeah, John Collins and ran away and did it. A celebration, yeah. I mean, God, absolutely. Like, Tom Boy tried to do it as well, but then realized <laughs> <it was> wrong. <laughs> I, I, the wrong end, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, great days looking back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, more to come in the, in the future, and uh, we'll probably get a resolution, I think, fairly quickly uh, over the Scotland manager's job. I think they're looking for yep. a quick appointment, and the chat is that uh, Walter Smith could be um, the next manager. So, uh, any comments on that and anything else we've spoken about in the show, you know how to do that now. Pineborville.com is where our form is. Uh, leave offensive comments for Ray 
great if you want or leave constructive comments uh, for us as well because uh, lots of good chat there and also you can tweet us at Scott Soccer FM uh, right Kieran let's talk about uh, Clyde Bank you're still the manager unbelievably <laughs> a, a, a year on I know you've not been playing much because you've had problems with the weather and mm-hmm. the pitch and all that stuff um, so how's it going in general is it an experience that you're enjoying really really enjoying it really enjoying it um, it's a so when I take my job at the as a coach at Glen Afton, you still were still part of the players and, and Craig McCune and, and uh, Craig Potter took dealt with everything else off the pitch. When you go as a manager, everything every responsibility lies with you. you I forget you, you, when you as a player, everything's just done for you. Games called off on a Saturday, and you make sure that there's somewhere to train and yeah. all these things. Just come to you like, oh no, but I've got a good assistant, um, my best mate Mark McCulloch, um, very experienced. He was assistant manager at Stirling Albion um, for four years. Um, so he understands the game um, in, in that in that aspect. So it's been really good in that sense. Just really enjoying the role, yeah. the responsibility, um, being able to instill Mark and ethos and philosophy on the players and how how we want to play. And biggest thing for me is about development, player development. Um, the the, the the best thing of that is that the committee see that and they want to see um, development of younger players. And ideally, we want to make sure we, we do well. And we're not in a great position. We're, we're bottom of the league just now. Performances haven't kind of reflected that, mm. but it's not really about performances. It's about results. We've not got results. We've lacked a striker, a convicting or convictive striker who knows where yeah. the back of net is. Yeah. Um, we struggle with that uh, this season and just consistency. There's um, a few convicted <laughs> strikers playing in Scottish football. Funny, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a conviction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I know what you're meaning. But hey, so it sounds like you're, you are enjoying it, despite the fact that the results haven't been what you would like them to be this yeah. season. Uh, Clyde Bank as a club as well, famous name from Scottish football. Uh, you mentioned the stuff with Airdrie earlier on. Is there plans to move from the junior game back into the senior game? I know there's the Lowland League mm-hmm. now, uh, and also the the, the South of Scotland League as a sort of feeder league into that and I know that there's a lot of junior clubs looking to make that yeah. switch over I know Kelty Hearts have done it in the east of the country this season Bones I think are planning on doing yeah. it next season as well so they're big names in junior yep. football is that something that would interest the likes of Clyde Bank? Uh, it's definitely been an interest um, so we, we're owned by a trust um, and I think that when when Clyde Bank reformed that was that was a conversation of let's reform and let's get back to becoming a senior club again I think some of the, 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 the trust want to say, well, is it sustainable to go back to that level? You know, are we going to be secure enough financially? Um, and others say, no, let's go and do it. That's the reason why we got back yeah. as Clyde Bank. Um, I'd love to help. I'd love to be part of it. You yeah. definitely and get themselves back to the uh, um, the top. I know. I know there is a lot of financial concerns because you've you know stadium requirements yeah. and stuff like that. How far away are you guys? So we we our um, redevelopment should be starting kind of May. Uh, May, June so when the season finishes yeah. then that's we're looking to so we are going to um, the redevelopment with Yoka we share with Yoka and Western Bachelor Council so the three of us have kind of um, collected a consortium yep. and the work is, is part of that so we'll have the criteria um, to go into the, into that level um, and obviously to get that uh, licence that they're, they're looking to do it so so it's, 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 it's feasible to get into that into the lonely but you need to go to south of Scotland win that Lowland and yes. then you progress from there so we are in a position um, and looking to get in that position so we're ready for it um, I don't know as I say the questions have been asked I don't really know much, too much about it uh, yeah. how many fans and what the percentage is that want to do it um, it'd be great to do it and get back as a senior club but like you're saying it, it's a, it will be a huge financial constraint on the club are they ready? of course they are um, but it's just making sure that it's right yeah 
and and doing it justice as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And how do you see the future of the junior game as well? Because junior football is a, a sort of uh, weird subculture. Like when you go like to other other countries and you say junior football, they just obviously it's assume ki- that, that it's kids, but it's not. And you know, junior football over the years over the years has been massive. You've still got clubs particularly down in Ayrshire, mm-hmm. uh, getting big, big crowds, a lot yeah. bigger than some of the senior teams, certainly. Um, how do you see the future of it? Because th- the feeling I get is there's quite a bit of unrest uh, with the way things are progressing, and maybe the people at the top um, are looking out for themselves mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual game as a whole. I think that's the, the, um, the kind of biggest issue they have, uh, particularly the, the, the fixture layout. Um Again, it's been looked at and reviewed, and it got rev- kind of reviewed again in the start of the season this year, and they put the man back in control. And he never lived up to that. He's still making errors in the guards of fixtures, and um, I mean, we've played Pollock twice, and we've still not played Rob Roy yet mm-hmm. or Hurlford. Um yeah. We've played uh, due to play Athlone twice. We've due to play Govan twice, and it just doesn't make sense. You know, why not put a fixture list out and, and to do with the, the senior Scottish and the, and the junior Scottish? Because all those issues, so. A lot of clubs are kind of now really getting, you know, kind of frustrated with it because it doesn't help them financially and and preparing for for, for games. Yeah, you can't plan because sometimes we don't know who you're playing for on Saturday till Saturday before. Yeah. So from that situation, it needs to be, and it certainly needs to be reviewed. Um, and I think, I mean, it'll, it'll continue to grow because it's football, and 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 you know, the, the fans you get. I mean, we've got a great fan base. Um, I think we've got like at least 100 season ticket holders yep. um, Pollock are a very well supported team um, Like you're saying Glen Afton, uh, Talbot uh, The Ayrshire teams are, are very well supported Particularly when they get together You know, yeah. When Talbot and uh, Cumnock play It's a huge rivalry Again they get the best part of a thousand um, We had a thousand at the cup final yeah. um, Against Pollock um, So it's still very well supported And again like you're saying It's some better than some of the, the, the League 2 teams Um the sustainability of the league, it'll just it'll continue to go. I think it for it to improve, they'll need to be reviewed at the top and have a better structure. Yeah. Um, because it's 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 just the level of inconsistency and frustration that's growing. Um, amongst a lot of the clubs is, is, is getting to them Yeah well fingers crossed uh, everything goes well for yourselves at Clyde Bank and uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on the show if anything changes A uh, couple of shout outs uh, coming in for you uh, Nash from Birmingham oh sorry uh, Razor from Birmingham uh, giving you a shout uh, Steve Cunningham uh, John, John, Cunningham. John Cunningham sorry We've just uh, signed John's son All right, Aye, okay. I'm alone for Oliver so right. I, I, work, I work in the same office as John and, and young Razor Okay, right. Okay, that's fine. And uh, Michael's giving us a shout as well. Uh, Michael's been tweeting us for the past wee while. He's basically binge listened, like we're, we're breaking bad pretty much right, uh, okay. over the past sort of couple of months. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michael clearly doesn't have a life. Or a, a PlayStation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a telly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's, he's listening live for the first time tonight. So right. uh, thanks for listening, Michael. Cheers, Michael. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, even though it'd be bizarre, as he mentions, you know, talking about results that have happened a year ago now, which don't really mean anything. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, you can listen back as well. We're all on SoundCloud. All the episodes are on iTunes. We're up to number six one now. Uh, some great interviews that have gone out over the past week. While I had a great one with Chris Miller last week. If you want to give us uh, give that a listen, um, St Johnson legend, obviously Chris yes. Miller, and uh, yeah, lots and lots of other ones as well. And we'll have some lined up over the next few weeks for Australia. Just to give you the rundown of what's happening, uh, well, there is no podcast next week, uh, but we'll be back the following week. In what form? I'm not entirely sure. At this moment, it's like a junior fixture list at this moment in time because <laughs> uh, it raising Australia until March. But Ray's going to catch up with some guys over there in Australia who. 
who have a Scottish footballing connection. So we'll be playing out the best of those interviews, and uh, we'll also maybe get um, maybe get another guest host in as well before Ray returns in March. So that's what's happening over the next few weeks. Remember, keep your comments coming in on Facebook and on at Scott Soccer FM on Twitter. Uh, let's look forward to what's happening in the week in Scottish football. Plenty of fixtures uh, Tuesday night: Motherwell versus St Johnston in the Premiership. We've got Partick Thistle against Rangers as well, Glasgow Derby, and uh, in League One we have a game on Tuesday night as well, which is tomorrow. Wraith Rovers versus Albion Rovers Championship fixture. We have Falkirk versus Brecon happening, and uh, Livingston Dunfermline on Saturday. And uh, no midweek games in League Two, but there is a full fixture list at the weekend. There's Berwick Rangers versus Clyde, Cowdenbeath versus Stirling Albion, Edinburgh City Pierhead, Elgin versus Annan Athletic, and Montrose versus Stennis. Where is the Scottish Cup uh, this uh, coming weekend? Uh, memories of the Scottish Cup, Kieran, uh, playing there. Any success? Tell us about your any involved in any upsets or anything uh, like that? Scottish Cup upsets? No, we played. Um, I played in the semi-final Scottish Cup uh, Parkhead against Rangers. Okay, got pumped. What was the score? Um, four 0 Four 0 So mm-hmm. not ideal at all. No. Uh, we had uh, so the <laughs> the fifth round fixtures. By the way, uh, I will spin through them. Uh, Celtic Park Thistle early game on Saturday. That's in the BBC. Then we've got Hearts and Johnson. So a, a rerun of Saturday just passed. Cove Rangers against Falkirk. A decent chance for the Highland League team uh, to get into the quarterfinals. There Falkirk not on. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously been struggling a wee bit this season. And it's but a wee. Uh, picked up lately. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, did you ever have to go up and play one of the Highland League teams? And we played. Uh, was it Abroad? We played Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, and we scored a Pumped. very <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah grass <laughs> uh, no, uh, we, we won 1-0 and um, literally the last kick of the ball um, the gaffer uh, Paul Sheeran scored a penalty mm-hmm. and that gave us the next round tie against Rangers oh, not bad not Aye. bad as well uh, Ayr were the lucky ones uh, to get Rangers in the next round because that is on the telly on Sunday on Sky uh, so lots of money for Ayr Kilmarnock versus Brora Rangers thought that might have been on the telly actually that's a sort of classic cup tie isn't it Brora Rangers coming down to Kilmarnock um, so a good tie for the Highland League team there mm-hmm. Dundee versus Motherwell all Premiership fixture not very exciting uh, Morton against Dumbarton uh, all Championship tie as well great chance for one of them getting into the quarterfinals mm-hmm. And the final match on Sunday afternoon on Sky Sports, half past four kickoff is Aberdeen versus Dundee United. I mean, it's still hard to see past Celtic for the Scottish yeah. Cup, isn't it? Because yeah. regardless of who they play, and Rangers always have a, you know, they're capable of doing something stupid and just getting pumped out by somebody gash. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I think that as much as you know, Rangers played well against Celtic last time on New Year's Day or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, between Christmas and New Year, but you'd still fancy Celtic every day of the week, wouldn't you? Well, you said earlier on, it just depends if how how their attitude is coming out to the game. If they come out and they think the game's won, um, and they play, you know, you know, almost like a lethargic approach, and yeah. then definitely, because it's a ninety minutes, it's just they can go for it. Um, but unfortunately, um, they are very very strong all round, so yeah. very difficult to. To see past that yeah absolutely so uh, yeah that's the Scottish Cup this weekend any other plans for the week Kieran before we go anything happening for you anything you want to tell us about anything mm, exciting nothing really going exciting going on holiday uh, <laughs> any holidays lined up going to Australia are you down some run near the same Ray. yeah uh, that would be good weather's great this time of year weather's great down there uh, no listen Kieran thank you very much no, thank uh, you. for being on the show and joining us tonight on Soccer FM uh, and thank you for listening as well hope you've enjoyed it there's more on our Twitter at Scott Soccer FM on Facebook and on our own forum pie and bovro
www.ibc.com get in touch for a where are they now they'll be back over the next couple of weeks and anything else you have for us but for now it's goodbye from me Stephen Mill and you Kieran McInespy cheerio now this has been Soccer FM good luck to all your teams across the week and we will catch you next time for some more Scottish Football Chat Oh,